Hey, what's up? I'm Jess Grace Garcia, and I'm a music producer, worship pastor, filmmaker, and I got my first ever full throttle rainbow outfit a couple of weeks ago. My wife bought it for me, and I feel amazing. It is a rainbow romper from Tomboy X, and I'm killing it, and no, they're not sponsoring me. I just love it. (laughs) (laughs) You do look amazing in it, and they should sponsor us. Right? I mean, come on, Tomboy X. Like, let's get it. Let's get it going. Look, I love wearing your boxers. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was really, I was really happy. Thank you for the compliment. Mm-hmm. I'm Jack Bates, drag queen, theologian, comedian, and I'm a Kinsey four an Enneagram five and an LA six. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. How long did you take to write that? That is really good. Uh, I've been telling that joke for a long time. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're like, just not here. So. This is LA. We recycle. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. So, we are in June. We are in like the freaking month right now for our people. Pride month. Woo! I'm, I'm stoked, man, honestly. Like, I mean, it, it's hard because I know that like a lot of state cities have not been able to really like organize, you know, big pride like things. But there mm-hmm. are a lot of little pride events going on around L.A. I've seen them popping up and people are just getting together in small numbers, which is nice. Yeah. You know, have you done anything special for pride? Yeah. So far, I think the biggest thing would be drag sunday recently at new abbey north hollywood i got up in drag and it's the first time in a long time Mm. because usually it's not worth it to get up in drag for zoom right but this time it definitely was i love the subversiveness of preaching while in drag yes i preached on uh the anti-lgbtq clobber passages in scripture (sighs) it was heavy folks that's a lot to try and do in 30 minutes yeah i tried to do it in 20 minutes it turned into 30 (laughs) (laughs) um yeah another thing that they well i guess y'all could have muted me or (laughs) 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 mute or boot um oh yeah it was about the clobber passages and about reinterpreting them it, through a lens of queer liberation. Mm. Uh, it's all part of my kind of Nicene queer liberation theology project. Not throwing out scripture or the Christian tradition when we don't have to, but reinterpreting them as much as possible in light of the revelation of God as being for us in Jesus Christ, especially for those of us who are on the margins vulnerable, historically oppressed. I, I was nervous about it because like, Oh, it's come so on. Not fucking, with our community. It's so fucking, it's like so fucking triggering though. Like I was yeah, triggered giving the sermon, but I feel like it went well. Response so far has been really positive for I the theologians in the audience <laughs> or in the, you know, who were at church, like they seem to follow along really well and also just really love it for those of us that are not theologians like we loved it but about 
seven minutes in, we said, we're going to have to re-listen to this because it was just (laughs) so like chock full of quality, quality theology. Like it's like when you're eating fudge and you can only take just a little bite because eating the whole thing might make your tummy a little sick. Uh That was what your message was like. So it was delicious and it was, it was so good to hear and it was so good for my soul and it was so good to see you my partner in crime killing it on this message and touching so many people but I also was like I have so much to learn from this and my stomach's already a little sick so I need (laughs) a moment to digest it Mm -hmm. some more you know and I think that that's healthy because I think there's a lot of us that want to press fast forward on the growth that we have to go through. Right. You know, a lot of us want to just go, okay, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, can I just skip to the end? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and have learned it all, mm-hmm. you know? And the truth is that some of us need a little bit more time to digest and, and take it all in. And some of us, mm-hmm. by some of us, I mean, most of us. Yeah. 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 That's a good note. I think I could have pared it down more because it was a sermon, like I cut out fully half oh, of the I material know. that I, I believe prepared. You. I believe you. And I, the material that I had planned to go through, I went through it at like half the complexity that I had written out. Um, but he's like, um, so Jess, you're a little dumber than you thought you were. No, no I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I honestly think it was great the way that you did it. I'm just Thank saying you. that like. And that it was not meant to be a note for you. It was mostly just saying like, it was so good. Like, I wish that, like, I feel like I grew up in a church where there was a lot of quality to what we were learning. Mm-hmm. And so it prepared me like our, our, um, our pastor would give us an eight and a half by 11 sheet page, uh, page of paper that was single spaced with all the notes for that Sunday. Oh, wow. And there would be definitions of the Greek and the Hebrew text and stuff. So I feel like there was preparation mm-hmm. for how, um, I needed to dig into theology now to really, to really know and understand. They just stopped at one point, right? right. Where it was just like, here, I'm giving it to you. You're just supposed to take it as is. And now I'm in a headspace and a heart space of taking what you give me and continuing the work mm-hmm. and not just taking it, yeah, yeah. you know? And so, no, I value, I, it's just like a great book. Sometimes you have to go back and reread it a couple times. Mm-hmm. And the Bible's like that too. Sometimes you have to keep going back to the same verses and reading them and seeing what God has for you. So it was a great sermon. I just am going to listen to it a couple that. more times. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, another thing that I really loved about yesterday is that my fiance, August, let me put him in drag for the first time. That's right. Oh, he's, he looks so good. He's my first drag daughter. Like, I've always wanted a drag daughter, like, since I started doing drag. So we're finally building out the house of Tatum. So my drag name is Rehabilitatum. Uh, pun on Rehabilitate Him. Mm-hmm. My failed <laughs> conversion therapy stories. And so August is Reese Reese S. Tatum, like mm. resuscitatum. Oh my god, I just got healthcare. it. <laughs> so resuscitatum, rehabilitatum. I love it. Um and I I had a blast putting up and hit him up in drag and I it pulled out all the stops. I think I did some of my best makeup looks on the two of us yesterday. You guys look fabulous. Thank you. 
And oh, we should post it on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, listeners, look on the Instagram for pictures of Rhea and Reese. And do you, you had a drag... Lady Aphrodite. Name also. Yes, that's what I'm going by for now. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to put a link into the sermon if we've got one. And Oh, but I want to say about August. I'm so proud of him for doing drag because... Mm-hmm. He's trans. He was assigned female at birth. And trans men are under so much pressure to perform and overperform masculinity. Right. Because people expect them to like make up for perceived lack of masculinity. Like, yeah. oh, if you're not performing masculinity to the nth degree, can you, are you really? A man like are you a real man right just horrible and toxic mm-hmm. um but it's understandable that trans men feel that pressure and i'm just so proud of august for the ways in which he embraces his femininity including being willing to do drag and it his embrace of his femininity makes it easier for me to embrace my own that's beautiful. I'm proud of August as well. I know it took me and um, my girlfriend like four or five minutes to recognize that Reese was August, um, <laughs> which I'm hoping was extra gender affirming for him because like that's just it's how we see August, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and in Reese is an entirely different aspect of August, which I think is really cool Mm -hmm. because that's the way that I feel about my gender identity, you know, um, being in being gender queer and fully starting to like kind of embrace that and having been under pressure, not the same kind of pressure, but, um, definitely pressure as a, as a butch lesbian having to like be super masculine Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, it was like, it was less about proving it to other people and more about proving it to myself Mm -hmm. and then learning to let go of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so last year was my first time doing drag and I loved it and getting to do it this year was so much fun. Again, Evan, um, my business partner is also amazing at drag and, uh, I got here four hours before church and, (laughs) uh, he spent two hours on my makeup, two hours on his, and it was crazy. Really cool. You both look stunning. (sighs) Thank you. I, I think it was just a really overall star cast of people on Sunday, just like showing mm-hmm. up. It was a really good Sunday. It was a yeah, fun it Sunday. Was. It feels good to be able to go to a church that doesn't just accept and affirm who we are, but fully celebrates, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I say church loosely because it's really just community, faith-based community, you know? Mm-hmm. but I love it. I'm so glad you preached. Thank you for, for being there and, um, and for August being there. It was just a really great Sunday. I had a good time. Yeah. It's really healing for me to be able to preach in drag largely because I was kicked out of churches before mm-hmm. for doing drag and for having an interest in drag. So it feels like that's what a queer Christian's journey coming full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, tag us in your drag looks. <laughs> if you do drag too, I want to see it. Please tag me personally. No, <laughs> uh, at L A V M A F I A. Please, I would love to see it. Honestly, 
So Jess, do you have like a pride anthem this season or like a hot, hot girl summer bop that you're really excited to dance to when the clubs finally open? Oh my God. Why wouldn't you prepare me for this question? (laughs) Music is your life. That's what I'm saying. It's my life. I have like a lot of music that I listen to. (laughs) Mm. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I'm a real basic bitch gay, <laughs> and that's how I like it. Um, my album would be Chromatica by Lady Gaga. Yes. My, my song specifically would not be from the album. It'd be Hallucinate from Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. What the heck? I love both of the things you just said. <laughs> like, obsessed. And, in, you know, weren't those put out last year? Yeah. Yeah. I, and we didn't get to dance to them. Mm-mm. Yes. They're, they're both actually in my summer playlist from last year. Where is that? 2020 summer fun. <laughs> Literally. Malibu by Kim Petras is at the top. Nice. I love that song. Um, Rain on Me, which is from the Chromatica album. That's like my runner up hot right? summer bop. Yeah. Yes. So good. And then Hallucinate is right after Rain on Me. <laughs> oh my God. And my playlist. We're so fucking energy connected. I know, right? Oh my gosh. And then I have um, My 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 by Troy Sivan. Also so good. Right? I'm like, I just want this playlist. Like last year, our friends Adrian and Riley came over um, for the day. They were like our like part of our close um pandemic what's it what did we call that when we were quarantine pod yeah yeah they were part of my quarantine pod and um they came over and we pumped up like lady gaga's rain on me it was like right after it had come out and we just like we just all danced in the living room (laughs) (laughs) because we missed it like we used to go out to the clubs and like and like you know for me, it was just about being with all of you, you know, all of our friends and just being close. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we we tried to mimic that with a few people in a room. <laughs> so, so I'd love to take it to the next level and be able to actually go to the clubs. Do you think we're going to do that this summer? Oh, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're recording this a uh, couple days before it's released. But when this episode is released, the clubs are going to be open again. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. We should go like right away right away let's i mean it. we should be safe <laughs> yes <laughs> and make sure we're following the best scientific recommendations i'm just going to be surrounded by all the people i've allowed around me so that i'll be in the center of that and i'll be the safest because i just <laughs> i'll be on that barrier yes because i don't fear death I want <laughs> <laughs> and you're much taller than i <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that question. That's so much fun. Jess, do you, do you feel that? Do you feel like coming on? I feel like a commercial break is coming on right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that subtle enough to transition? Yeah, that's a great transition. All right. <laughs> see, you, see you after the commercial break. Hey, Lavender Mafiosas. As we continue to make fun, sex positive, thoughtful queer Christian content, We're so pleased by how many of you invite us into your homes to spend some time with us each week. It's like we're part of the same queer, extended, chosen family. And I don't feel like we would really feel like family if I didn't beg you for money. So here goes. 
first, we really appreciate those of you who partner with us on Patreon already because we need your support to continue the work we're doing. And there are even more things that we want to do, like build a website, make Lavender Mafia merch, provide opportunities for community online in person, and to make more podcast content for you all. With what's been going on in our country lately with new threats to queer health and safety all the time, it means more than ever to me to be doing this. And I really appreciate those of you who've partnered with us to make it possible for us to keep doing this. If you want to be one of these people, please consider going to patreon.com slash lavmafia and signing up to be one of our patrons. Thanks and don't fuck it up. All right, so Jack, what are we talking about today? Because I think it's already pretty obvious. <laughs> We're talking about pride. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> we are obligated as gay queer people to do a pride episode. Otherwise, we'd have our queer cards revoked. Absolutely. And I would have to start wearing cargo shorts and you would have to stop wearing cargo shorts. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All the storage. <laughs> I mean, for any of the queers out there that don't realize there is a membership, um, reach out to us. We will we'll help you out with that membership. Yeah, okay. with the right Patreon tier, yeah. uh, you too can get a gay membership card <laughs> if you don't already have one. <laughs> Straights, if you've wanted to be an honorary, honorary queer person, now is your opportunity. No, no. Be an ally. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how are we going to be talking about Pride? How are we going to make it a Lavender Mafia Pride episode? We like to talk about like where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. I feel like an aspect of where we've been is people not really getting Pride or like being opposed mm-hmm. to Pride. Like, I... I used to hear every year, gay pride, like, is in pride of sin? Mm. Now I more see people responding to that, but I don't see anybody saying that, which I right. feel like is, it's nature healing. By nature, I'm moving my timeline. I'm just <laughs> blocking more and more fun. Right, that's what I was going to say. Are we just getting better at filtering around our Facebook friends? I honestly haven't really defriended many people. So unless they're the ones defriending me, I haven't really noticed. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mostly just unfollow people that not really interested in getting life updates from because I, I wouldn't want like my feeds to be just flooded with random friends from my like tiny hometown high school. Oh, right, right, right. But you still want to be connected to them. That makes sense. I think everyone does that. I mean, I want them to be able to see what's going on with me. Like, <laughs> I love an audience. I just don't care that they've oh had my gosh. another kid oh my gosh <laughs> i'm like show me all the babies <laughs> too much um oh yeah i just want a brief response like if you're uh if you listener are in a space where you hear this sort of isn't pride of sin thing i feel like we can just pretty quickly dismiss it as like okay do they not know the words can mean different things? Right. And are they this dumb or are they just pretending to be so that they can bash queer people? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Next. <laughs> right. <laughs> I honestly can't remember the last time I heard that. 
Like it's been that long. Mm-hmm. I love that our circles are at least oh, mostly queer, at least progressive enough that there's a lot of shit that we don't have to deal with anymore. And listeners, if that's still you, like my heart goes out to you. Like those, those spaces are really hard to navigate. Yeah. So if, if that's not what pride is, what is pride? Like, what does it mean to us as a community? What does it mean to us personally? Oh, that's a big question. (laughs) Actually, it's a big answer. I feel like, um, for me, pride has had its like growth within me, um, to get to where it is right now. Um, I don't think that I fully understood pride because I don't think I fully understood queer culture Mm -hmm. beforehand. Like pride is obviously a celebration and a protest. Like it started as a protest. It continues to be a protest, but it is also a celebration of who we are as queer individuals, as LGBTQIA peeps. Um, But before really understanding what queer culture um, is, I had a really jaded um, misunderstanding of uh, queer people. And I'll openly Mm. say that like, and, and, and I am ashamed that I felt this way, but at the same time, not, I don't know that ashamed is a fully fair thing because I just wasn't, I didn't know as much as I, I could have known. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I was given was not very much, uh, which was sure. that I always thought of gay people only see, only being in like the bar scene and being, being like people that would, um, like I could only meet other gays if I went to a bar and I got drunk and, or I was into drag. Um, and there was always, um, there's always, it felt like there was always like drug consumption and alcohol consumption in those spaces. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't something that I was used to even being in the music industry. I still didn't get as much exposure to like, we could still meet at a coffee house or something like that, you know? Um, so for me, I had a really jaded bad representation. And then the, the first time I ever went to, a pride um, with my ex-girlfriend um, and my other ex-girlfriend. That's a long story. Um, <laughs> at the same time, time people. Um, I had a good time running around during the day, but there was just, there was a lot of, um, my my girlfriend at the time ended up cutting her foot on like a broken gear, beer bottle. And Oof. it was just, uh, there was a lot of just people being really messy and it, it being a real um, unpleasant experience. Mm. And it took a couple more years for me to go back and experience like a, an event where there were families and there was a drag show, my first ever drag show that I actually went to and, um, and then a drag King show and just things like I got to like, and then experience like that aspect of queer community. Mm -hmm. And I realized, Oh, there's more to this. Um, and as I've met other queer people and really expanded that, I, I know what it means fully now Mm -hmm. and i think also with politics and like having to fight for our rights in a way that i didn't realize how much we had to fight and wanting to get married and all of these things like it just you know growing and maturing as a human it it made me value the spaces that we have and Mm -hmm. the times to be able to celebrate them so hopefully that answers the question (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely what about for you yeah to 
can I go off of your pride as protest statement? Like you and I both watched uh, the documentary, the death and life of Marsh P. Johnson. Yeah. This last week, Marsh P. Johnson, uh, identifies a trans woman and a drag queen, uh, back in the sixties, seventies, uh, those categories were not as clearly defined right. as they are now. Although still a lot of people both like, I, I also drag queen and trans. Right. Exactly. And my fiance, Akis too now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, pride began with the Stonewall riots, uh, June 27th and 28th in 1969. Um, and then the, the first official pride parade was, uh, I believe a year after that in June of 1970, but there was a riot in a Stonewall Inn, which was a gay bar in, is a gay bar in New York City. Uh, it was run by the mafia at the time, which I just think is hilarious. Right? But like, it was illegal to have gay bars. It was illegal even for men to dance with each other. Yep. I remember the first time I learned that, I was just stunned that... I was- Things used to be so bad. I was stunned at the the three articles of clothing that represent your gender. You must be wearing three articles of clothing that represent your gender. So, like, if a a woman was um was dressed in full butch attire, they had to have um maybe panties and a bra or something else that was gendered mm-hmm. womanly in all quotes. <laughs> Right. Which I was like, whoa, like I would get arrested. <laughs> I know you and me both. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not wearing three articles of clothing of any gender. <laughs> <laughs> Do these socks count? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, one of the early, not early, drag has been around for a long time. Drag yeah. has been around since at least Shakespeare. We could trace it back earlier depending on kind of where we draw the boundaries of drag but and how cultures dra- depending yeah, yeah. on what cultures we're talking about one of the ways that drag operated then was as a means for gay and queer people to protect ourselves mm-hmm. because uh, people presenting as men dancing with each other more likely to be arrested but if one was presenting more femininely in drag dancing with a man who's presenting more traditionally masculinely, they might not be arrested. I never thought about arrested that. arrested with the same frequency. I never thought about that. Another thing you said, it got me thinking of Pride is celebration. Mm-hmm. Like Pride is protest. Pride is a way of us advancing our rights. Yes. Pride is celebration now is celebrating how far we've come like it's only been what like six years that on a national level we've been able to get married and people are still trying to take that away yeah and i feel like every year people say like we don't need the protest aspect of it anymore like let's just have pride as celebration and i think Mm -mm. that that's really severely mistaken like it honey your privilege is showing right like 
trans youth are under attack in some unprecedented ways in the United States right now. And conversion therapy for minors is still legal in a lot of states. And conversion therapy in religious contexts is still legal to do to minors everywhere. We still have a long ways to go. Trans women, especially trans women of color, among like the highest rates of getting killed in the country. It obviously shouldn't be this way. We have a long well, way to and, go. And on top of, of them being killed, their killers being let off basically scot-free mm-hmm. or with very minimal sentence. Right. If they even find them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's extremely frustrating when I hear um, about people. Most of the people in our community are all about protest. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, you know, privilege shows really, really highly when, when, when they're like, I don't understand. Like, why can't we just celebrate? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not meant to be. And I think this is important. Like, I think people have a hard time escaping from black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not meant to be something that we need to um, let go of in order to take on something else. Like right. we can and we are celebrating who we are by fighting for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like both can coexist and should coexist. Mm-hmm. You know, I I finally really accepted like I think before for whatever reason. I wasn't a huge fan of like the rainbow aesthetic. And I don't know why I I can't really give you a good reason other than I, I didn't want to be like one of those gays. Mm -hmm. Now I do (laughs) fuck that. Like I am one of those gays. I'm butch as hell. Like I walk down the street, you can clock me from a mile and a half away. Like that. I am obviously queer Mm -hmm. and like, I want to wear as much rainbow as possible. And just like, like really, like state it and throw it out there. I, uh, I got into a car accident last week and I'm okay. Um, but it was a bit of a hit and run, which was weird. And when the, when the cop came over, I realized I was in my rainbow romper <laughs> <laughs> and I felt a little silly and ridiculous. And, and I said, so, and, um, you know, I know we all have feelings about, um, about cops, but he was sweet. And he said, uh, he said, don't, don't feel silly. Like you got to represent, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I do got to represent. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. He made me feel good about being in my rainbow romper on the side of the road, <laughs> a car accident. But yeah, it was just, it's, I have a different feeling about it. I'd love to go back to um, Jess from 10 years ago and be like, you know, why are you so, why are you so afraid? Mm-hmm. It's okay. I think, I'm kind of processing this out loud with you. And um, I think that I had some armor up that I wasn't prepared to like process people's questioning. Mm-hmm. As I feel like as a gender queer individual, I feel like I, rec- I, I identify with this and understand this a little bit more. But I wasn't ready for like all the questioning. Like people just feel like mm-hmm. they can ask you whatever they want. Right especially those that are trans. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't let you in. Um, now I feel like my armor is rainbow. 
Mm. Like my armor is who I am. And it's like, I am ready. Like I'm prepared to either say fuck you and your questions or, okay, I have an answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just a different, a different version of me, a version that I'm very proud of. I love that. Another aspect of pride I was thinking of is the, the extent to which it's uh, an opportunity for us to witness to the truth of gay and queer people. Yeah. And to witness to the truth of a God who loves us just as we are and made us just as we are. I toyed with the idea of talking about pride as protest party and proclamation, but it felt <laughs> too evangelical. Yeah, preachery. right. <laughs> I triggered myself. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. One of the things I love about pride is the opportunity to, show the world to show people in my past to the extent that they're still paying attention like well first of all like fuck them and who cares what they think mm-hmm. but second to like demonstrate to them that like i'm not ashamed of who i am and right. i don't need to be right and what you tried to do to me didn't work and look how i'm flourishing now and wouldn't you like this too mm-hmm. for yourself? I just heard scripture and what you said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, like God within us outside of us looks like this. Like this is the mm-hmm. divine within us shining out, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like this undeniable like truth that yeah. you have to accept. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot lately, mostly because of the sermon I was preparing for about the parallels between the queer experience and like early Gentile Christians experiences. Like a lot of Greeks and Romans, when they first converted to Christianity, a lot of Jewish background believers told them like, okay, like first we're going to cut a piece of your penis off and then now you're going to not eat bacon and stuff like that. And trying to, force them into a sort of cultural box, like adding cultural trappings, which had been important to Judaism, but were not necessarily going to be characteristic of Christianity anymore, but people still try to like force people for whose, for whom that wasn't their culture mm-hmm. into that sort of mold. And that feels like what straight people do to us. Like mm-hmm. they tell us, Christianity has to look this way. And it's like a very cis heteronormative kind mm-hmm. of way. And we love disrupting that year round, but especially during pride month. Oh, hell yeah. I was thinking about as a child, I feel like I was taught really well from my, you know, evangelistic, very evangelistic parents. Um, what it meant to be proud to be Christian. Mm-hmm. And, what it meant to walk into spaces, especially because most of our, um, my aunts and my uncles, um, were not Christian at the time growing mm-hmm. up. And so there was a lot of teaching around what it meant to be proud of, like, you know, believing in the Bible and believing in God and believing in Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and the gospel. And I think it's interesting because I took those lessons 
and I grew them, right? And they grew into who I am as a Christian today. And I have like a lot of foundation. I put in a lot of work in my relationship with God um, and, um, and as a human um, have grown so much. And part of that meant taking on that similar pride as a queer person Mm -hmm. because like I was taught that I was made in the image of God. And so that reconciling of me being made by God and being taught that like in a black and white um, way, like this is, you are made by God and like you are made for this purpose. And I was being prophetically like spoken over from uh, as a child that I was going to be like doing ministry and that I was going to be, um, loving like the brokenhearted and the, and people without homes. But I didn't understand to the fullest extent what that prophetic word was meant for. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I've grown as an adult, um, I've realized that like it it specifically has to do with the queer community. Um, God, I've been doing primarily ministry for the past couple of years in like evangelical queer Christian spaces. <laughs> <laughs> and like a lot of people are homeless in the sense of they do not have a, a home base with a church or a community or like um, they've been kicked out of their, their parents' homes and not welcomed back, you know? Mm-hmm. And like we've created home, you know, spiritual home for those people. And in some places we've given beds and we've, we've figured out ways for people to find place. And so I just, I'm like, I'm kind of sitting here like processing the fact that like, it's really interesting that it worked in a different direction than what my parents wanted, you know, or the people that, that helped mentor me. Mm -hmm. Um, But the truth is, is that I, I really just did exactly the path that like, like they taught me on. It's just that they had not matured past a certain point. Mm-hmm. And God had more work to grow me in. And I was open to that. So like, I think that's why I was able to reconcile. Like I'm thinking about Kevin Garcia's like, like t-shirt that company that he has that I like purchased the made in the image mm-hmm. of, uh, of God, like in rainbow letters <laughs> and how much it makes people double take. Like what? <laughs> like, what is that? Um, because yeah, we are, like, I don't know, I am made in the image of, of God and I'm learning more and more about that as I grow into who, into who I am, you know, mm-hmm. and who yeah. I'm meant to be. Lots of pride there. I just think it's really interesting. Like, I don't know, like if you followed all that, but I just, like, <laughs> it's a really interesting thought. Like, I'd love to challenge people to think about that, that like mm-hmm. you're on, you're, you're on a growth journey. You're not you're not, ch- you're not changing from something you were to something you are now mm-hmm. you're growing, you're transitioning, you know? And, right. and it's like, okay to be like, it's hard to grapple with the word Christian. Some people just say Jesus follower or like, or like faith-based or spiritual. Maybe you're not Christian anymore. Like maybe that's part mm-hmm. of your path, mm-hmm. but like, I just think it's really much bigger than we, what we can even imagine. And that it can be fully a part of our queerness, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. When you were talking about your your parents growing to a certain extent and then stopping and like you being brought 
along further. It made me think of like another, like that's another blessing that God has for us as queer people. Mm. Like because we don't fit into the boxes that yes. the Christians around us construct and say, this is what Christianity should look like. Like we're freed to imagine different ways that Christianity can look mm-hmm. like without that box, we're freed to follow Jesus more radically than the people from our past, the people that we've left behind or that left us. There isn't that like sort of comfortable, like really not very Christian, but like quote unquote Christian kind of life. And where you just like, you do your American dream thing and give 10% 10% to a church and you try to like sit in the building as many Sundays as possible. And that's kind of it. Right. And so you get a pass. They give you a pass for like not caring about the poor, like not caring about immigrants, like not loving or even like actively hating on queer people or people of different races or women. Like as long as you're doing the tithe, thing and oh yeah like praying lots like <laughs> the amount the right at the right of, time yeah in the morning yes yes um <laughs> where the atmosphere is thinner and so you can like penetrate to ooh, penetrate to heaven <laughs> a little bit more easily which you guys could see this <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> i'm penetrating heaven oh my gosh um uh, my new single out on iTunes. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, let's do it. Um, enough auto tune. Anybody sounds good, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like the right frequency of praying is always more than you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right frequency of reading your Bible is always more than you're doing. Right amount of giving, obviously, always more than you're doing. And there's this like you're you're good if you do like a little bit, but also they're never satisfied. No. And there are these few metrics, like very few metrics that they always want you to be doing better according to. And then there's like nothing else. When I was going to one of these churches, I was digging into the church mothers and fathers of early Christianity and discovering how important they believed regular fasting was to growing to be more like God. And so I met with one of my pastors. Uh, it was a small group leader at the time. I was saying, I really want to grow in fasting. Like this is a fast track. No pun intended. <laughs> this is a fast track to like being conformed to the likeness of God. Then I want to get on it. I want to show my small group how to fast wisely and responsibly. And her, his response was, uh, let's not do that. Like, let's just keep encouraging them to pray more and read their rivals more. What? I was like, uh, um, okay. You obviously can't help me. Right. I didn't say that because I was still like trying to make it in those circles, but that's what I thought. I was like, okay, you don't, know anything about this i'm not right talk to you about it but like once we break out of or are kicked out of these tiny little boxes 
of religiosity, Christianity can look so many different ways. These saints in Christian history have been like a rainbow themselves, like so different, but in some sense, like all reflecting different aspects of the like goodness and beauty and truth that God is like God sort of reflects different aspects of themselves in all of us. And we, we like diminish ourselves and diminish each other when we try to force our Christian lives into looking completely uniformly. And I love that as queer people, we're free to not have to do that. I think it's, it's more than we're free to not have to do that. I think that it's that we are an example Mm -hmm. of, of it, right? Like um, the diversity of the queer community is this beautiful, that's why the rainbow exists, right? It's this beautiful rainbow of differences Mm -hmm. and we celebrate those differences as opposed to, like you said, trying to force people into a mold. And I think that like, that's what allows us to grow. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always had a practice of having friends that um, have different political views or have different religious perspectives or Mm -hmm. um, have different styles of life. You know, Um, it's like, I have a morning person friend, you know, and that's like, Oh, Oof. wow. You are really open-minded. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like having those kinds of people mm-hmm. in your life really challenges you to, to grow, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not, you're not staying in this bubble, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I feel like that's, that's the way that we, like the beauty of that is that we all have different types of growth that we need, you know, yeah. and following one set plan doesn't work for everyone. This is true for freaking, you know, health plans and diets and everything else. Right. Like none of us mm-hmm. are the same. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one thing that I was just like, really, as you were talking, I was reflecting on. And also you, you mentioned like, you know, our, our past, you know, mothers and fathers of, of, you know, history in terms of the Christian faith, like a lot of them were activists a lot of them yeah. were individuals yeah. who pushed back against what their religious systems at the time wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think about Martin Luther and and like <laughs> individuals who just like really broke like the mold of what was expected mm-hmm. of them. Um, and beyond that, like they, people were getting disciplined, you know, um, for, for breaking out of the religious, um, like systems that were in place mm-hmm. and that's us. Yeah. That's what's happening right now with, with us and so many other queer Christians in, in, in our space, you know, mm-hmm. and we are um, creating history, which, which is exhilarating and exciting in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love that we get to see even just within the queer community but even just within our queer community, we get to see Christianity lived out in so many different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, an older guy from my last church, when I told him that uh, some of my ministry is in queer Christian spaces, 
most most of my ministry is in queer Christian spaces. He counseled me to not spend all my time with people who are just like me. And I was like, at the time, I was just thinking like, okay, old, whatever you say. And right. I, I reflected on it and I thought of how ironic and even like comical his statement was. Right? Because like the church I used to go to, the church that he was in, real stuffy Episcopalian church. Almost everybody there is upper middle class, old, like white, white straight people. Like I haven't been in many faith spaces that have been as uniform as that one. <laughs> but then like my queer Christian spaces, like there's racial diversity, diversity of national and ethnic origins, gender identity, diversity, mm-hmm. diversity of sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, yep. disability status, uh, religion, religion, Even like a lot of people in our queer quote, queer Christian faces identifies of another religion or of no religion. Yep. And there's even like, we're not real diverse on age, but there's a lot more than in my previous context, Mm -hmm. like a lot more than there was that Episcopal church where almost everybody was like in their sixties and seventies. And the differences in age actually in straight circles would feel quite big. And in our circle, it doesn't feel quite big because not Mm. a lot of us have children. I Mm. feel like because we've been a little delayed on being able to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, or we've had to completely restart our lives. Yeah. So we have people in our spaces that are queer and in their fifties and their sixties, but we feel like they're, they're right there alongside of us in our Mm thirties. Yeah. There's like a different, it's almost like the, how many years after you come out? Yeah. <laughs> is like the age that matters in the queer community. Like, how old are you? <laughs> Six. <laughs> yeah. We should normalize that. <laughs> this is uncharacteristic of me, but I want to turn the conversation to like more practical stuff. Okay. Normally I hate practical no, stuff. Totally like, not you. Do we have any tips or tricks or advice for our listeners for making the most of their Pride Month? I would say um, something that I'm I'm accustomed to doing or what I used to do when I lived in Baltimore was I would look up the Baltimore chapter like of the like Alliance and there was always like a calendar of events that different people would submit. So there would be like drag shows or there would be parades or there would be like there were a lot of drag king shows. <laughs> nice. um, I'm just I'm trying to think of like. Um, other things there was like even just like um, church gatherings or you could find out who was the affirming like like safe place mm-hmm. um, especially when there would be some sort of festival a lot of times churches that are affirming would come and like have like a table there so like if you were unaware of what the what spaces were safe um, or reflective of you um, but yeah I think going to like your your local cities you know, um, LGBTQ Alliance, um, will have, um, will have a lot of events Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, so if you're single or, um, or I should say, if you're someone that doesn't, um, have a lot of queer community around you, that's a, that's a first place to, to start for sure. And I think if you mm -hmm. have a little bit of queer community, you know, like have a moment to like celebrate with your friends, you know, like, mm -hmm. and like really talk about your queerness. We're used to it in this community. We talk about our queerness all the time, but previous to this, I, I didn't, it mm -hmm. always felt like I was forcing the subject in a straight space. Um, right. and always attempting to normalize this thing <laughs> about myself. And, um, and that was frustrating. Um, but it was necessary at the time. And now mm. it's just a normal Potter conversation all the time. So, but that's my thought. What are yours? Yeah. I love all that. I love the idea of like searching out events that are alternative to like the big pride parade. Like yeah. don't get me wrong. Like I said earlier, I am that basic gay. And that's how I like it. Like I do love this whole spectacle of it, the drama, honey. <laughs> um, and if you're close to like a major metropolitan center, like there probably is like a big pride parade going on near the end of June. Um, and even if you're in like a medium size oh, yeah. city, like a lot of medium sized cities have their own pride parades as well. Little pride festivals a lot of times, you mm -hmm. know. But those are, they're very corporate, like squ Squarespace. Uh, we love Squarespace, don't get me wrong, but it's weird to have a Squarespace pride float. <laughs> or like an Evian pride float. Right. Like, what is going on? My, m I, I'll, I'll touch the, the, the trigger button here and say, like, I really get frustrated about how present alcohol sponsors are mm -hmm. in those spaces. Cause that's just, uh, historically, um, a way that, that, you know, queer people have, uh, dealt with their, um, trauma mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and it sucks when it's like so present, you know, big old Bud Light yeah. <laughs> signs and all that. Like it's helpful to have, um, have money and I get, I feel very like conflicted when it comes to this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's helpful to have money and it's nice to walk into a target and see rainbows everywhere. And it's nice to like, like to a certain extent, it's nice to see all of that. Yeah. But there is like the, the ugly underbelly of like, why just this month? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these brands have rainbow logos during June and then July 1st hits and it's like, what gays? We don't, we've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you brought up the alcohol angle too, because like, even though I might be like a total lush, like right. I, I still want there to be spaces that are safe for queer people where we can celebrate pride that aren't centered around alcohol. Yeah. Um, Partly because I'm like real cheap and <laughs> they mark up drinks at these <laughs> events. Uh, but also because uh, a lot of people in the queer community do deal with addiction. Yeah. Um, like part of what it means to live in a society that hates and fears you mm -hmm. is that some of us turn to substances yep. to help us cope. Like it doesn't mean that we're like, worse than anybody else or like more exactly. broken than 
anybody else like like homophobic people will point to like instances of substance abuse and like percentage of addiction among queer people and say like like look this shows that y'all are unstable y'all are evil I just want to tell these people, like, I don't drink as much as I do because I'm gay. I drink as much as I do because you're straight. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to deal with Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's just some of us who are just, you know, a cheap date. Like, we can't really consume <laughs> alcohol. And we're not, like, for me, like, it's just not a fun time. Like, I'm diabetic and alcohol turns into sugar right away. And it's just not, mm-hmm. it's not a fun time for my body often. Like, I do it every now and then just to, like be a part of like you know an experience a social experience with Mm -hmm. someone but mostly i don't drink and that's fine for me you know Mm -hmm. it's not a temptation but for those of the people that it might be a temptation like if i had to go to a party and there was delicious burgers at every single party as a vegetarian and there wasn't an option for me i'd be like oh okay (laughs) gonna go to another one of those parties that has endless burgers you know, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to compare it to something that I would have a struggle with, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I just feel like it's, 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 it's interesting. I think what's beautiful about the spaces that we create, like even, even at church when we have quote unquote wine nights, we say like, it's like, it's really just an excuse for people to come and bring whatever, whatever they want to bring, like crackers, cheese, whatever you want to bring and come hang mm-hmm. and talk. No one's required to have wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think that, you know, it's nice that, you know, even in the spaces that we've, you and I have created, like there is, again, like it's safe to be there and to be like alcohol free or if you want to bring something, it's like, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of support there and independence, but yeah. I, it actually just gave me an extra moment of pride for the spaces that we create. <laughs> just mm-hmm. thinking about that. Yeah. But is there anything else? Are there any other tips that you would, you would think of to help people who haven't really had the opportunity to celebrate pride. I feel like my maternal instincts are kind of kicking in and like, I want to tell our listeners, like if you're going to a corporate pride, like be sure to wear sensible shoes because we're going to walk around a lot. And oh my like, gosh, that's so true. Like if you've got cute, like new white pride shoes this year, like don't bring those like, People are going to step on your feet a lot. Oh, yeah. Like it, especially if you go to the clubs afterwards, your shoes will look really shitty afterwards. <laughs> so get something cute, but like can be beat up a little bit. Like I like shoes that reflect my own personality. Cute and can be beat up a little bit. Um, oh, you know what I just thought of? Yeah, yeah. What about our friends in the audience who are still closeted or aren't ready to go out into a public space just yet and celebrate their queerness? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think depending... Like, if you're wanting to do something for Pride, then you're probably in a space where, where you're willing to take at least a little bit, bit of a risk. And so maybe that means like traveling to a pride event. That's a little bit farther away. Yeah. That's a good so idea. That you're not going to like run into uh, a boss or your wife or something. But here's the <laughs> thing. If you run into like someone from work 
at least you can understand that most likely they are also queer mm-hmm. and like there is that like shared <laughs> like let's maybe the, maybe we have this thing now that we're gonna stay quiet about if we need if you still feel the need to stay quiet about it mm-hmm. you know i think another thing could be just like getting like a small um thing of clothing that you get to wear for yourself mm-hmm. like even just around the house like or jewelry something that makes you feel like like you're taking a step towards being proud of who you are yeah we stand a bedroom queen like a lot of us were there mm-hmm. um and we know that that can be a real helpful step to embracing uh queer identity and living out for yourself yeah if you are closeted but adventurous maybe try drag Mm. A local event in drag. If you watch some YouTube makeup tutorials, no one's going to recognize you as it. At it, that's such a good idea. I love that. Another thing could be just like if you're queer and Christian and in the closet, um, going to an affirming space, like yeah, yeah. even if it's online Zoom church. Um, Jack and I both have ideas, so you can reach out to us on on Instagram or Twitter and we can point you um, towards a space. Um, There's also Church Clarity, Mm -hmm. um, which is a website that provides um, a list of affirming and unaffirming churches. So you can know (laughs) um, where to go. But, um, but yeah, just like even just logging in online, you don't even have to turn on your video camera, Um, but it can be a really healthy step. um, Like listening to this podcast, listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast and hearing an affirming message um could be a really healthy step yeah church clarity can point you towards some inclusive churches in your area and then you can go on their websites and see if they have any pride events like a church that is going to be safe for queer people probably is going to have at least something for pride like at the church that you're a pastor at jess uh new abbey north hollywood like where you done a pride uh, movie night yep. there and was wine night branded as yeah everything pride. this month is branded <laughs> as pride <laughs> and then drag sunday and like i've been going to all saints uh, an episcopal church in pasadena for a few weeks now and there was like a a mingler with like nice drinks and snacks like nothing alcoholic is just like chill sort of middle of the day outside thing and i got to meet some older queer people which i feel like i so rarely see in the wild yes and it feels good yeah i i really want one of them to adopt me (laughs) (laughs) that's sweet i just want some lesbian moms the lesbian moms i've always wanted and deserve um yeah and there was another pride movie night thing with them that August and I went to it was like online, also like one of those Netflix or Amazon Prime watch parties. So inclusive churches have a lot going on for queer people this month, at least the good ones do. Yes, no for tea, sure. No shade, no shade. And by that, I mean all tea, all shade. If y'all <laughs> aren't doing pride events, <laughs> then are you a queer friendly space? Yeah, I agree. Oh, a couple last minute uh, mom tips. Um, 
hydrate, bring your own water. There'll be people there selling water for like $10 a bottle. Bring your own. Bring sunscreen. You're going to be out there for a long oh time. Gosh. And if you if your shade of skin is natural ivory like mine, <laughs> my Maybelline uh, foundation color uh, name, uh, you're going to want sunscreen. Snacks, if you have like blood sugar mm-hmm. issues, I'm going full tilt mom you I'm are just leaning into it You're fully in it or even if you don't have blood sugar issues just like take a little, little snack snack <laughs> put in like your cute little rainbow fanny pack <laughs> got it from somewhere um oh uh if large crowds of people are not your thing then your local metropolitan corporate pride parade may also not be your thing like they can be like the streets can be so packed that it's hard to move yeah and so if like social anxiety claustrophobia other stuff like that like that it might be a difficult space yes uh, and might be a reason to look into some of these like more low-key kind of pride events also accessibility um partly because it's like wall-to-wall people um big pride parades not very accessible um i think the other thing that i was thinking of is there will be there will potentially at the big corporate pride events there will be protesters um and just bypass those just just put bring some earplugs put your fingers in your ears don't pay attention Stay stay focused on the beautiful like like rainbow of humans that is around you and supporting mm-hmm. you. Um, there is a much bigger percentage of them than there is the protesters. Yeah, and um, by protesters we mean like the sort of religiously yes. motivated um, anti-gay anti-gay protesters. Yeah. protesters. Yeah. Um, and then here comes my dad uh, suggestion. Excellent. Bring protection. You never knew who you're going to meet. Like a pocket knife. Sure. Pocket knife and also condoms. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and finger condoms. Um, you never know what, what the night has for you. It's true. (laughs) Especially as, you know, we've been, on lockdown for so long, like yes, as everything's starting to open up, you know everything's gonna start <laughs> opening up. And so that's enough for our condoms, regular episodes. <laughs> get back on prep. Yes, yes. Go live your best, safe, slutty life. Mm-hmm. And don't forget your mask, because even in those really, 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 really big spaces, like lots of people haven't been out at all. And, you, you know, you might, it might help you to not get, like, the regular flu, even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. One last thing. On social media, like, every year, uh, this argument is, like, re-litigated kink at Pride. Like, mm. yes or no. Like, should, <laughs> kink, should Pride be for everyone, everyone? I don't even understand why this is being brought up. Like, like people who represented kink 
BDSM, leather daddies, like people of that like like culture like they were some of the first people that were like out there Mm -hmm. like why is this even a subject like who put who in charge that gets to make that decision like i don't understand yeah the like the quote-unquote good gays like they're almost never on the vanguard like they weren't for the most part up front in the early days of Mm -hmm. advocating for gay rights and they're not the vanguard now. Right. Like people talking about like trans issues are mostly as trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, people talking about you know issues of race in the queer community, usually they're people of color or they're like as trans people or people with disability, some other like more marginal mm-hmm. population within the queer community. But the cis gays like they don't want to do the work. Cis white gays, like they don't yep. want to do the work, but they do want the credit for it. Right. So they'll like rush in and say, like, okay, now that we especially have gotten acceptance, we don't want to lose that. So we want all y'all to be like less visible so that we can keep the street cred that we've gotten from the straights. I get so triggered by that when it comes to my poliness. Because I've been taught I've been treated that way so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. In in queer Christian older cis spaces, like just pushed out. So like mm-hmm. that just gets oof, oh that gets me real fired up. Like I don't see the point. Mm-hmm. Like it is like they use this term family friendly, and all of a sudden it's this ugly thing, right? Like like it's being redefined as like with family friendly means no none of you are right are accepted and welcomed you know it's like no (laughs) like what are you talking about like even back in the day it was like oh oh and that means no drag that's family friendly you know it's like literally one of the most heartwarming things i ever experienced was watching a child run up to a drag queen that was very sluttily clad like 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 this gorgeous gorgeous drag queen with the tip and it's like gave like a little like dollar bill in their waist oh yeah so cute right and they're like moms were down like they're just like eating it all up like loving it and it's just like all these kids running up and like giving tips it's like the sweetest moment ever and i'm like you tell me what's not family friendly about that yeah like as a drag queen like i know that we can be gross and like over sexualized like that's part of liberation yeah. for us. Yeah. But like also, I mean, who is like sexually tempted by a drag queen? Like it doesn't happen to me that often. The lesbians. Like, we're <laughs> the lesbians. We're literally like, we take up half the crowd and we're like, Oh God. Yes. Ultra femininity. <laughs> give it to us. <laughs> That's amazing. Just watch I'll... the lesbians. The next time you're at a drag <laughs> show, I promise you they'll be the ones drooling. I'll have to whip out like my extra large foam breasts for yes, them. Yes, please. I've got some huge ones. They're not good for day to day, but I save them for special occasions. <laughs> but like people who like advocate for family friendly pride events, like they'll say like drag queens are just like too sexual, like they're too sexy for kids to be around. It's like I am never more fully clothed 
than right. when I'm in drag. Like right. part of that is like my sort of matronly aesthetic when <laughs> I'm in drag, but also it's like I'm wearing so much padding, like it would stop a bullet. Like there's very little bare skin mm-hmm. going on when I'm in drag. I imagine like I'm just thinking about like <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking about when I went to San Francisco Pride and there were so many leather daddies that had all of themselves out mm-hmm. because they were allowed to mm-hmm. at San Francisco Pride. And I never once saw a kid that was on their parents' like shoulders or like walking along, like stunned and overwhelmed at the like nakedness of some man, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't like it wasn't inappropriate. Like mm-hmm. the the jump from like nakedness or you know like being being more um being less clothed to all of a sudden this is inappropriate is in my opinion a huge jump mm-hmm. like especially in american culture we've just really really like we we shove violence down people's throats and yet nakedness is this huge issue right like children don't even blink at it they're used to seeing each other running around in diapers and in their underwear. Like they're used to mm-hmm. seeing each other that way, like and seeing mommy and daddy. Like it's not, you know, like or mommy and mommy or, you know, whatever. Like it's not it's not a big deal to them. Right. Like who's actually over sexualizing things? Like, is it queer people who sometimes like in our celebration of the protests, like indulge in public nudity when it's legal or sometimes when it's not legal and <laughs> we're um, being subversive. Or is it like the straight people who like at their gender reveal parties will try to like set up their babies with other parents' babies. Ew. They, I swear they used to do that. It's gross. Okay. <laughs> See. When I, my deep cover assignment as a straight man, I saw some shit. I heard some shit. It's fucked up when they do what they do when they think they're alone. <laughs> oh my god! The idea of just celebrating genitals to me is is very interesting <laughs> itself, and yet you're not okay with them being shown. Right, right. I'm sorry. Like, make up your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, stop worrying so much about pride and stop having parties about baby genitals. Yeah, <laughs> like who's who's creepy? Right. Really. <laughs> Anyway, so I yeah. think you guys know our opinion on, on that. Yeah, I mean, my second pride, I marched with a kink and leather club. I had, that I, sounds was awesome. wearing, I think I was wearing like a mesh top, booty shorts, and a pup hood. Oh my God, I bet you look so cute. So cute. That's awesome. That sounds like so much fun. Pup hood, also a good means of preserving anonymity, if that's important to you. Right. Or other, like, sort of kink mask. Like, kink is for everybody. I think about, like, early Pride days, like, in the 70s when teachers would march with, uh, like, paper bags over their heads. Mm. Because they, mm-hmm. they they could still get fired for being gay. Right. And queer. And so they would just, they had, like, um, they would represent, like, teachers' unions that were queer. And they would all walk, they would all march together, but they would all be wearing paper bags. That's what that reminds me of. 
Just a reminder, just consistent reminders of protest. <laughs> <laughs> there are some busted drag queens that I wish would march with paper <laughs> bags over their heads. <laughs> oh my gosh. The shade comes out. I love pride. I think it is this amazing, beautiful thing. Although I will say that one thing I've learned over the past two years and two and a half years of being in mostly queer community, I just never want it to end. And it doesn't. Mm -hmm. When you have like a really solid queer space, um, this is what it is all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's fighting all the time. It's protesting all the time. It's, um, it's loving each other and creating family and community and, and growing all the time. And that's what I want, Mm -hmm. you know, it's beautiful. So I encourage you to like, if you are still in the early process of like finding like who you are or you feel like I did, like there wasn't space for me. There is. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends who are like that have like trans D and D groups. Like there's a <laughs> there is a niche for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I encourage you to find it. Yeah, I love the idea of Pride going beyond June because like you and I like we present as visibly queer year round. Yeah, and like if I get something cute for Pride, I'm wearing it like every other week. All year round. Exactly. Because one, it's cute as fuck. And two, like, uh, those of us who can be visible, the more visible we are, the safer we all are. Yes. Amen to that. Amen to that. So go be real gay. Real gay. (laughs) Trans. Trans it up. (laughs) that's your thing oh yeah i got my first um i said that i got this this uh rainbow romper three days later my uh my girlfriend had got me uh, my first ever uh trans uh colored clothing and so it was uh from me undies it was a sleeveless hoodie um with uh the trans flag uh colors uh striped and i wore it um to universal studios for her birthday and it was so much fun and uh i got a lot of like like other uh trans folks or queer folks who just gave me the like i'm i'm gonna call it like it's half of a dyke nod Uh uh-huh you know (laughs) like a dyke nod's like yo like a full nod Mm -hmm. I, i feel like a a trans nod is like a just a half like up august and i were at the grocery store the other day and the cashier they gave him the trans nod i did not get a trans nod i heard about this from (laughs) august (laughs) i heard you were real upset (laughs) apparently more cis passing than i wish i were i need to work on that Mm. (laughs) i'm gonna take my own advice transit up yes transit up yeah it felt good it felt really good to to like fully embrace that part of myself. Mm, good. Well, all our queer, amazing, beautiful family out there, happy pride. Happy pride. We love you. We love you. I'm so excited that we are doing this, that it's been six months. Oh my God, it's been six months. Happy half anniversary. 
<laughs> just realized that like holy crap that's so exciting uh we started this with a lot of planning and hopes and dreams and honestly a lot of that has um has been like accomplished a lot of like mm-hmm. our dreams about creating community like we've created um just a beautiful community of individuals who some some of you haven't even listened to the podcast yet, but we've <laughs> created this beautiful online community, um, Lavender Mafia podcast on Facebook, um, community group. It's just, it's awesome. Check it out. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, come find other people that are like yourself. Um, and and we've we've been able to to touch people. And that's been a really um a really amazing aspect for me. And we're um, in the process of like building website and, um, and we have like um, enough people that are, or we have enough that's being given to us that we're able to purchase and pay for a website, which is mm-hmm. nice, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and uh, we want to do more. We want to be able to create merch that people can like be visibly queer in um, <laughs> or even subversively queer. <laughs> like, let's just like, let's you know come in like like be with us we're going to be having merch probably within the next month we're really excited about that mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i don't know like is there anything else that you want to say jack i don't know i'm just excited i just realized we hit six months <laughs> thank you for those of you who have joined us on this journey so far uh we really appreciate it and we're looking forward to seeing what we make of this whole thing together uh, if you're not connected with us on other social medias, uh, think about following us on Instagram or Twitter at Lab Mafia, L-A-V-M-A-F-I-A. And just talked about website. We're trying to do merch. We're trying to do lots of things. We have a link tree on our Instagram um, as well. It's link tree slash L-A-V-M-F-I-A. So you can find all of the links to the to the things that we're doing, like Patreon and everything. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Do the thing that Jess said. (laughs) (laughs) Or go straight to patreon.com slash lab mafia. If you want to help us do some of this amazing queer Christian representation and community stuff that we're trying to do. Yeah. Cause even having like, you know, $35 a month, like if you guys can, if you can afford it, like it it can go a long way with, for us Mm -hmm. um, to be able to, to really be visibly, out there. And I think that, you know, in talking about pride and talking about visible queerness, like some people aren't ready for that, but they can, you can help support those of us that are doing that and doing that work and being accessible to people who, um, who need to, to feel seen and, um, to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, beautiful babes, we love you. Be fierce, keep the faith and don't fuck it up. Our amazing music is written and produced by Evan Coles of Springwood Productions. Speaking of Springwood, I just want to thank them for recording, mixing, and producing our audio. Without them, this podcast wouldn't be happening. Springwood is made up of passionate creatives who are really easy to work with and professional, and they really know their stuff. So if you need anything like video or audio production or they can really do anything to help your music or business. Like they got me Taco Bell one time, for God's sake. So go check them out at springwoodproductions.com. 